This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome to the Agenda here on the Blood Red Channel, whether you're listening through your uh, podcast provider or whether you're joining us here on YouTube. Thanks a lot for being with us. I'm Guy Clark, alongside me, Matt Addison, and we're here to talk about all things VAR. We've got somehow to the back end of February without really touching too much on VAR and how it has impacted Liverpool during their pursuit for a first league title in 30 years. But of course, the first year with VAR fully operational in the Premier League. Time to get down to talk about it. Matt, thanks for joining me. How are you? Very good, thank you. Yeah, another big weekend of, of VAR, and obviously it's it's been so divisive this season. It's it's probably about time that we address that. Yeah, it certainly has. I mean it. We did do an agenda, I think it was around September time, talking about VAR at the time. I think it was after the Napoli defeat and Newcastle United at home, which I suppose was probably the first real time it affected Liverpool. We've all seen the Liverpool this weekend. I've even seen Varchester City. Whenever a team's affected by it, VAR gets crammed into their name. But it has really been a divisive issue. I think that's probably fair to say. And the two of us as we found out sitting in the office, sit on very different different sides of the fence on this one. We certainly do, yeah. I mean, I, I am very much for it. I've always been for it. Um, that's not to say that I think the way that it's been implemented so far is, is perfect, far from it. But I think broadly speaking, you know, as somebody who's refereed, albeit to a, a very low level myself, um, I just think without having ever refereed a football match before, a lot of people are, are very quick to, to jump in and say, look, how hard can it be to, to make these decisions? And, and certainly at the Premier League level where you've got you know so much money and, and so much prestige right, riding on every single game um, and the speed of, of the decisions and the speed of decision-making that, that referees have to go through 100 and 200 times a game, any help that we can give them, I think they should be afforded that. Yeah, of course, we've got time to kill ahead of Liverpool taking on West Ham United and VAR permitting the game goes without any hitches. And I think even for anyone who's a supporter of VAR, you don't actually want to see it in use in a game. Am no, I right? I mean, exactly. I mean, you'd, you'd rather the referee just got the decision right to begin with. But realistically, I think the, the statistic that the PGMOL... Yep, that's right, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, quite often they come out with the, the statistic that 99% of, of decisions are made correctly. But football is a game of, of moments. And sometimes if a referee gives a wrong call, that could be the difference between, you know, this season, for example, it could be the difference between Sheffield United being in the Champions League or not. Or it could be the difference between West Ham, say Liverpool's opponents later today, whether they go down or, or stay up. So these things are, are massive calls and look, if, if we've got the facility to help out these referees, then for me, it's it's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, we're not here to do all too much myth-busting, but you mentioned Sheffield United there. I think they and Wolves are the two sides who have actually been affected most often by VAR in the Premier League in terms of having goals taken away. And I think that's the real thing that gets to people, is you feel robbed of goals. You feel as though the goals are being taken away from you. And bring it to Liverpool, I think the the prime example for me really is Sadio Mane at Old Trafford. Obviously, that is the only blot on Liverpool's record right now going into this game against West Ham United. He was pulled up for 
what was allegedly, and I know it is the application of of the law, so it wasn't really a VAR issue that they could get involved in. The ball bouncing up, striking his arm, it's no longer needed to be deliberate handball in the build-up to a goal. If the ball strikes the arm, the goal is disallowed, and that was. But had VAR not been in use, that goal's not being chalked off. No, I mean, I can completely understand why why people get frustrated by these things and of course, it was uh, it was one of those where the laws have been altered over the years, and, and yep. once that wasn't the case, and, and now it is the case. But for me, the most important thing is that that decision was correct, and whether fans like that or not, the, the same with the offside thing that we've we've talked about a million times this season. And you know, sometimes decisions are are marginal or close, but you either have to draw the line somewhere or you have to apply the law in the correct way. And I think I just think if. Look, if referees are getting these things right, whether that's VAR or not VAR, sometimes, you know, if a team loses, someone's got to be the scapegoat and, and you'd rather it wasn't your star striker or, or your manager, you'd rather it was the referee. You're often at Anfield and Anfield's obviously one of the Premier League grounds that doesn't have a big screen in use. I was fortunate enough to be invited to Stockley Park in the summer for a VAR basically introduction into how it was going to be used in the Premier League and the fact that neither Old Trafford nor Anfield have big screens was mentioned. You go to plenty of the games yourself. I just wonder your experience. Obviously, as you say, from the referee's point of view, you do see it in a different manner. But from the spectator's point of view, do you understand the frustrations of certainly at Anfield, a game where you can't see a screen and knowing what's going on really? Do you get the frustration that it does stem the flow and the tide of a game in how it's playing out? We hear the Premier League dubbed the so-called self-titled best league in the world, the fastest league, the highest tempo. And then all of a sudden you have a one minute delay for VAR, which seems an awful lot longer. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, there's there's two bits to that. First of all is obviously the time that it takes. And if a decision, um, obviously clear and obvious, doesn't apply to offside, but if there's another decision that's taking two, three minutes or, or however long it is, that's obviously not clear and obvious if it's taking two or three minutes to, to make that call. So I, I completely get the frustration in that sense. The other side of it, is, of course, is that as long as they get the, the decision right in the end, that for me is is the main thing. In terms of the clarity and the lack of the big screen at Anfield, for me personally, and I think maybe that's because I am a referee, I kind of know what's going on all of the time. And I appreciate that's that's not the same for everyone and, and not every fan should have to train and, and referee hundreds of football matches in order to attend a Premier League fixture. Yeah. That would be ridiculous. But I think... Basically, the the big the big problem for me, as much as I I like VAR, the big problem is that it's not been explained properly to fans, and it's not been explained to those who go to the to to the stadium, whether it's Anfield, whether that's somewhere else up and down the country. I just think people are a little bit frustrated, partly because they don't completely understand the system, and partly because of the time it takes. Yeah, you said there about the. Um, clear and obvious error thing that is something that a bit like and we're, we're hearing so much this season about the offside that the daylight rule that was never a rule it was never a rule that there had to be daylight between the attacker and defender for it to be given as offside but the other point that now is beginning to fall into that thing is the clear and obvious error thing and people saying oh well offsides they're not clear and obvious so why are they giving them there are different categories VAR looks over and offside the, the clear and obvious error is for the subjective calls, the subjective dives, the tackles, the tangles, the handballs that we see. 
VAR will step in immediately on every goal, every penalty incident, every offside and mistaken identity. They're the four areas and not all of them have to be clear and obvious errors. It's actually applying the laws of the game within. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And I mean, look, lots of these things that we talk about as as being problems are, are basically misconceptions that people don't really understand. So, I mean, every single goal, regardless of whether there's something obviously that, that could be wrong, whether that's an offside or a foul or whatever, every goal is checked just in case. It's just that, you know, not not just goals as well, other incidents as the, the ball is in play. There's no delay whatsoever. That check is ongoing. The referee gets a message in his ear to say, check complete. It's all done and carry on as if nothing had happened. And I think we only talk about VAR when it when there's a delay and when it's obvious. What we don't talk about is the, the hundreds of calls that have happened this season in the Premier League where, you know, fans are, and the game are not affected. But VAR has still been there. It's just that you don't notice it. One key point for me that why I, after watching the World Cup, I was fully on board with VAR. It's come in and I have to say it has put me off completely because of just how it breaks up the game and how slow it is. And for me, I don't like football because it is scientific and it's perfect. I like it because it's emotional, because it's escapism, all of these other reasons. And I feel VAR does just make it too scientific. We see it with the offsides. We see how long it takes. Just let the game of football open up and and play out as it does. If a call goes against you, it's hard luck. I found a newfound respect for referees through it. But one thing that you just said there that has sort of lodged into my head and now made me even second doubt myself is when Liverpool travelled to Aston Villa to Villa Park in the Premier League, not Carabao Cup, don't worry, the Premier League, Roberto Firmino scores a goal that the flag did immediately go up, so it would have been offside technically, actually had VAR been operational or not. They did the check and it was offside. Had he been onside, the flag's gone up and that goal gets allowed. We then don't see the scenes right at the end of the game, which for me are probably the moment of Liverpool's season, personally speaking, because that result, City were losing at the time, I think, and came back and beat Southampton. And Liverpool came back, they scored the two late goals. And that just found that newfound belief, that resilience, that edge that Liverpool now carried. And they've not looked back. Yeah, I mean, that was a turning point in Liverpool's season almost in terms of that could have ended up very differently had had the wrong decision been made or, or something you know that the, the referee had done gone a slightly different way. And that would have been a massive shame. I think it's, it, it's another one of those misconceptions whereby, you know, if think back to the start of the season and it seems ridiculous to say it now, but people were genuinely scared that there'd be nothing to talk about after football yeah. matches. People thought that VAR would just get everything right. There'd be nothing to talk about. And, you know, we'd have to talk about the actual football rather than the referee, which... You know, I think that would be a good thing from my perspective. Yeah, but. I, I would rather do that anyway. I, sitting here doing this, you hear too much about VAR for me and we're now just adding to it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, turning points in Liverpool's season, you know, these things are things that are controlled by the decision of one person making a split second call on something that's happened, you know, maybe 20 metres ahead of them. There's things in their view in their view line. Um, there's, there's different things going on and, a football match, particularly at the top level, is just so dynamic. So many different things going on all at once. I just think if we can make as many of the big decisions correct as possible, that's fairer. It, it looks better on the Premier League. All the other leagues have got it. And of course, as we said before as well, like it's here now. It's not going to go anywhere. So 
let's just get on with it, make the most of it and give the referees as much help as possible because let's face it, the only reason we've got VAR is because we've created a problem. Yep. As journalists, as fans, as pundits, whatever sort of capacity that, that we're in, we always have a go at the referee and, and this is a method that's been brought in to, to stop that from happening. Yeah, it's been brought in as a tool to help things. I have to say, this weekend's clarified it for me. The calls in the Man City uh, or Leicester Man City game with the handball that didn't go against Kevin De Bruyne and then the one that was pulled up against Dennis Pratt. Then the game at Turf Moor, if you've not seen it, utterly ridiculous. Um, Bournemouth having two what resulted in goals being chalked off due to handballs and one of them actually happening inside their own penalty area, then getting hauled all the way back for a penalty uh, for Burnley to go 2-0 up. But as you say, it is here, it is going to stay. I can get on board with that and accept it as difficult as that may end up proving to be. But you do, for me, you mentioned how dynamic and fluid certainly Premier League football is. That's why I don't think VAR works for football because it's not set plays, it's not structured Football is the beautiful game. It is always just developing and opening up. And I mean, it, it is a real difficult thing. But at the end of the day, we are lumbered and stuck with it now. And hopefully, we'll just find a way through it. Yeah, I mean, look, other leagues have, have made it work better than what the Premier League have made it work. So certainly it can get better. As I said before, I'm not 100% convinced that... Well, I'm not at all convinced that they've got it 100% correct. But I'm hopeful that in the next couple of years, hopefully... It can get better. The referees, of course, as well, have to get used to it. I think, you know, some of the, the officials are are either inexperienced, someone like David Coote, who made a couple of, of big errors over the weekend, or at the other end of the spectrum, someone like Mike Dean's been, been refereeing for 30, 35 years, and, and then suddenly this season he's had to, to deal with it and, and work with it. So, look, give it time and hopefully it will get better. And it'd be wrong of us before we sign off not to say that Liverpool haven't profited from some VAR um, interjections through the course of the season which they have most notably I think the one for me Pedro Neto who was denied that rather erroneous celebration in front of the main stand as he slid and pouted at them but the other one that perhaps a myth to bust that we spoke about in the office before was against Man City at Anfield when the ball struck Trent Alexander-Arnold's hand and the play goes down the other end and Fabinho scores technically with VAR it shouldn't have even got to the fact that Trent Alexander-Arnold handballed it in that penalty appeal, no, Matt? Well, no. I mean, immediately before that, conveniently forgotten by lots of Manchester City fans, is that Bernardo Silva handballed it as well. So, look, it's one of those things where, look, football is about stories, it's about narratives, and, and VAR is just another one of those. And, of course, even with VAR, these things even themselves out through the course of a season. If there's one thing we can get rid of, though, I think the two of us would agree on it, it is all the VAR puns that we see thrown about including Liverpool because they're absolutely horrendous but anyway that's it from us here on the agenda thanks for joining us and watching or listening in wherever you get your audio on demand or if you're joining us here on YouTube if you want to leave us any ratings or review as well that's always more than appreciated but thanks for your time and company until next time bye for now you've been listening to the agenda podcast on the blood red channel